Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast. Today, I'm excited to have with me Britt Hunter. Britt is a MBA graduate of the Owen School of Management, uh, currently works in the tech industry, and she is also a keynote speaker. And I'm excited to talk to Britt to learn a little bit more about her journey to business school and beyond and what she's up to today. Britt, it's so great to have you here. I'm excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your journey to business school and beyond. And I guess I just want to start with a warm-up question. And my warm-up question for you, Britt, just to kick things off and to keep it light, is I would love to know what is a book or show or a podcast that you've listened to, watched, or read recently that you've really enjoyed? Oh, man. Oh, this is a long list. I'll try to keep it short. Okay, I want to answer both book and podcast. So podcast, I love Hidden Brain. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I'm not going to say the host's name. He says it so well, and I don't say it very well, but Hidden Brain is really awesome. I, I love the research they do, and it inspires me to want to like do some kind of investigative research to get to the bottom of how we think and how we feel, but I'm not there yet. Very inspiring podcast. And book, I've been trying to tell everybody about a book that I had to start maybe two or three times, and it's Devil in the White City. It just, I don't know why. I think it was just really dense as far as historic knowledge. It's a historical fiction book. It is about the first World's Fair in the United States and the United States' first serial killer, H.H. Holmes. And they exist at the same time. It is so amazing. They give you so much information. And that's why I put it down three times. But the third time I picked it up, I couldn't put it Wow. These are very thoughtful and intellectually stimulating books and podcasts. <laughs> and that is great and wonderful. Okay, Britt, I want to learn a little bit more about you and your stories. Talk to me a little bit about what were you doing prior to business school and what prompted you to decide to get an MBA? Yeah. So right before business school, I was actually working in education. I started out as a dean at a charter school, Success Academy. It's in New York. And then I became a vice principal. And then I entered the classroom. And that story is a story in itself, but it was a very pivotal time in my life. I, I did play sports in college, and most people do want to talk about, oh, you played at Duke, you played at UConn, and everybody wants to talk about that. But while that was a very important part of my life, working in education, I think, was the most pivotal. I taught a lot about myself. And what sparked me to go to business school was actually my students. I was in New York City. They have these state exams, and these state exams are high pressure. It's a really big deal. It determines your fourth grade scores, determine what middle school you can go to. And all schools are not equal in New York City. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a high pressure situation. And I spent four years in the classroom with my fourth graders. And every year I'm like telling them, you guys, it's just a test. You, you can do this. It's not even about your score today. We're going to get better. We're going to look at our mistakes. We're going to get better at those mistakes. We're going to flex different muscles. We're going to cry. We're going to laugh. And I would set my kids up for this journey. And my last year of teaching, 100% of my class passed both the reading and ELA exam, which is unheard of because my students are 
all black and brown. They all come from the Bronx, Harlem, Staten Island, Brooklyn. They come from everywhere. And a few of them were actually reading well below reading level. To get them across the finish line was a wake-up call to me because I had been avoiding the GMAT. (laughs) I was terrified of the GMAT. I was just like, I'm not a good test taker. I was saying all the things my students were saying. I'm not a good test taker. I don't know math. And yeah, I had took that GMAT five times, but I finally decided to confide in my classroom. And so I would tell them, hey guys, you guys have a practice test and I have a practice test after work today. You guys have uh, an actual math exam. I have an actual math exam two weeks from now. And when I would go to visit schools, I went to Texas, I would FaceTime them with the sub. And I would be like, I want to show the kids I'm in Texas. It's snowing in New York, but I'm in Texas and I'm visiting and I might go to Texas, guys. And so it was really, I really used the work I put into my students. I decided to put into myself and and shoot for the, the stars, as I would tell them. That's such a lovely story about how they really inspired and helped motivate you to do some of the things that you were encouraging them to do as well. I'm curious, just as a follow-up to that, what initially told you that getting an MBA was the next step in your career or what opened your eyes to this idea that a further education like a business degree could be the thing that would really help take you to the next level? Yeah, it actually starts a long time ago before I even got to business school. When I left graduate school, I went to get my first master's at UConn, my alma mater, and I had these two opportunities. I could either go into education, be a dean, or I could be like a district manager for Pepsi. And I thought that was so weird. Like, how was Pepsi offering me a job as a district manager running these huge venues on the East Coast? And I've never really worked before. And so that was a light bulb moment for me that was like, okay, I have something that corporate America sees. And so I can go to corporate America anywhere at any time. So let me put my energy into education. However, by the time I moved up the ranks in education, I realized I do want to go to corporate. I want to try my hand at it, but I don't want to start from scratch. I'm, I can get a better job than this district manager job they were giving me. I've had so much experience. I've led teams. I've worked with so many different constituents to get a group of people across the finish line. I can do much more, but I know, I didn't know, but I felt like I needed this piece of paper to validate that. And I actually reached back in time and was like, okay, we want to go back here. Let's level up and let's not start from ground zero. And so I decided MBA so that I can go back that route. And so you ended up going to the business school, the MBA program at Vanderbilt Owen. Why did you end up choosing Owen and what was your experience like there? (laughs) It's really funny when people get asked this question, people have like really thoughtful, deep answers. Oh, I really love this program. And I followed this professor or I really wanted to go into this sector. And, And for me, it was like, look, I'm in New York and it's cold. And I just need to be somewhere warmer. So let's go down south. (laughs) Let's go somewhere warmer. And one of the pitches that someone gave me there was, you are a big fish and you've been a big fish in a really big pond. Why don't you be a big fish in a small pond and see what you can do? And they were absolutely right. (laughs) Full transparency, I was one of five Black students in my class of maybe 130 people. And I've been in this situation before. I've gone to private schools. I've gone to mostly white schools. I've been to public school as well. I've been in all situations. And for me, I didn't really care about that. I really just wanted to be in the South, go to Vanderbilt, and try to get involved as much as I can. And while I was there, I decided to 
run for student government. So I was vice president of BNI. I was the co-lead of our out and allied, our LGBTQ group. And um, I was asked to be a part of the uh, overall DNI board that included staff and faculty. And then I was like, let's do stuff outside of school. So then I joined the Nashville Repertory Theater Board. And my job was to try to get younger people to come to theater shows. And yeah, I, I had a great time. Nashville's an awesome city. And uh, I would encourage anybody who's going to business school, like class is important, but it is not number one. It should not be number one. This is an opportunity to meet people. It's an opportunity to flex muscles. And so that's what I really wanted to do. So listeners of the podcast will know that I'm incredibly biased towards going to smaller MBA programs because I went to <laughs> one and I very much felt like a the similar notion of being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Yeah. Could, it sounds like you were able to really get a lot out of that experience. Could you share a little bit more just around, in addition to obviously the, the litany of things you were able to do, what are maybe some of the other benefits of going to perhaps maybe a school that is a little bit smaller, maybe a, either because smaller in the sense of either literally just less amount of people or perhaps maybe not necessarily in like a New York or like in LA, but could you talk a little bit about maybe some of the benefits of that? Yeah. So the benefit for me specifically, and then I'll talk about what I think everyone else could gain is I was coming from New York. So I, I needed to get out of that scene and go to a smaller scene. I, I needed to remember what it felt like in a normal world. Uh, I'm originally from Ohio. And so uh, I, I'm used to like neighborhoods. I'm used to communities. In New York, while it does have communities, it's just sprawling. And so that for me was a, a personal choice. Like I needed a smaller environment. I knew I could thrive in a bigger environment. But when it comes to a smaller environment, I mean, I made really great connections with, I would say, five professors. I still reach out to them. If I go to Vanderbilt, I'm going to lunch with them. Uh, I'm sorry, if I go to Nashville, I'm, I'm going to ask them to go to lunch. I want to hang out. And it's not that you can't make those connections at a bigger school, but I would imagine it's harder. Um, the other thing is, you know, with a smaller group of, of people in a class, th there is a challenge, right? You have to make friends with somebody in the school. And if you only have 129 other people to find that cluster with, it could be challenging. People are married. Some people have kids. Some people don't live near campus. And so you actually have a smaller group now. So there is a challenge there, but it's a good challenge for yourself right? It's a good challenge to step outside of your comfort zone and meet people that you wouldn't normally meet. And so that was actually something I thought about. When I thought about schools like Ross, and it's no diss to Ross, but they have a huge Black population, right? And sometimes for me, I feel like it's really easy to gravitate towards the, the group of Black people in a group. I do that at work now. I'm at Microsoft. I'm here in Atlanta. It's a ton of Black people in the office, which is really awesome. It's very different than the experience in Redmond. And these are my friends. But having been in Seattle, having been in Nashville, I want to diversify my friend group. And it's hard to do that when you naturally gravitate towards your Black cohort and they have Black friends and then they have Black friends. And now you only have Black friends. And so I really wanted a diverse set of friends where I went. And it was awesome because we had a ton of international students and I became friends with them. I learned a lot more about their cuisine, about their struggles. I, I would tell this to other people of color come into business school or we come into private white institutions and we, we really do have a different experience. We have a challenging experience, but international students, their challenge is super steep 
And if you don't have an opportunity to meet them and talk to them about it, it really puts your own challenges into perspective. And I needed that. I needed to get grounded. So I, I have a lot of respect for those international students. Hey there, it's Al. And thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show, and I hope you're enjoying it too. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply share it on social media or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. I couldn't agree more on that, and I think what really strikes me about what you said there, and I think the key takeaway is the the more you can be thoughtful and intentional about what you think you need in order to be successful in that experience can really help you zero in on what kind of program is right for you, whether it is being a big fish in a small pond or being at a school in a, in a big city. And given the background you gave on where you were coming from in terms of being in New York, I can totally see how being able to go to a school like Vanderbilt could be such a great and positive experience. And I definitely had a similar one in terms of I lived in Boston and had been in Boston forever. And so being able to go to Chapel Hill and spend two years, definitely a little bit more laid back, a little bit more of a town, a little bit more of a suburb ended up being just what I needed before I went off to live, go back to the big city in San Francisco where I spent the next, next six years. But I think the intentionality and the thoughtfulness that you put behind the decision is really what my key takeaway is. If you had one experience or opportunity that was meaningful to you, would you mind sharing a little bit more about that and why it was so enriching or so valuable? Yeah, I know everyone does not have the opportunity to travel in business school for a lot of different reasons, but I was able to travel twice. Once was to Ethiopia, and that was for an actual class. We had a consultant project in Ethiopia. That was my first time to Africa. That was amazing. It was the first time I'd been somewhere where everything was Black. Ads were Black. The commercials had Black people. The billboards had Black people. It, I mean, it was... It was around the time Black Panther had come out and it really felt like Wakanda. I was like, this is incredible. It was also very interesting to be in a country where everybody, there's so many small businesses. And I learned very quickly that while, yes, Ethiopia economically is not the most successful country in that way, what they do have is like in their schooling, they have programs for entrepreneurship. This is something they push. They want everybody to create their own business. And I don't know if that's the best idea because if everyone has a shoe shop on the street, right? How can you actually make a living, right? There's so many options, but it's the, it's the fact that every person feels capable of starting a business, running a business, keeping track of that business. I mean, it is very much hand to mouth, like everything that they make, they use to eat. And, and that is something about that is just like, wow, if we sprinkled that everywhere, imagine where we would be, right? If they had just a few more resources, that country would be off the charts. It's just really incredible what people can do when you tell them this is all you have. So that was a, a remarkable experience for me. I, I do want to go back to Africa. And I, when I travel, I'm not the type of person to stay in a resort. So it was really awesome to be in. We were in Addis Ababa. It was really awesome to just be in the city. We weren't, we were with the people. And so that's how I like to travel. And so I, I look forward to going back to Africa and going to another country. Could talk a little bit about what you decided to pursue for a career and what you ended up doing, you ended up doing after you graduated from Owen. Yeah. So I, 
uh, went the HR route and I'll, I'll be completely honest. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I did MLT before I started and that was really awesome. If, if you can get into MLT or Forte or something like that, I would hundred percent encourage you to do it. Um, I actually had an offer from American Express to go back to New York before I started business school. Um, I also had offers from Eli Lilly to go to Indianapolis before business school. I had a few offers and it made it a little bit more relaxing. So when I got to school, I didn't have to, I didn't have to put so much energy. It was still stressful to, to find an internship, but I just wasn't so stressed about it. I think as other people, I went the HR route because it turns out Owen has a great human capital program. I did not know this until about a month before I got there. I was like, oh, really? Okay. And there was another educator there who, uh, a former educator who had gone there and she was like, you are a perfect candidate. Former educators make great human capital employees, et cetera. So I said, okay. So I just went that route and um, landed an internship at Microsoft as an HR professional. Was really impressed with Microsoft, really loved it. Um, I really wanted to do tech as well because as an educator, I didn't know much about other industries, but I knew that tech was coming into my classroom. And I thought this was fascinating. I've since then switched into the business. I left HR and now I'm in operations within Azure, which is a cloud. And it has been, it's been awesome working with engineers and learning more about what they do. So it sounds like it's been a positive experience for you in the post MBA life, but could you, at least from a professional perspective, but could you talk about in general, just around, I think, you, like you said, you had this professional aspiration to go to business school, further your education, further your degree. Could you share just a little bit more just about how life has been like since you've graduated? What's been similar? What's been different? What's surprised you? What's excited you? Yeah. Talk a little, just reflect a little bit on what that experience has been like. Yeah. I think the most surprising thing is that I am qualified without my MBA. And that is a... I have mixed feelings about that revelation. I, it makes me question what my actual self-esteem level is around my abilities, <laughs> but I'm here and my MBA is a piece of paper that is attributed to my name, but I'm the same person. I have the same skill set. I'm not going to say the MBA didn't teach me anything, but it just taught me how to use my skills in a different way. But I would say the skills that I'm using at work are the same that I was using everywhere else I worked. And that being said, I'm happy the doors that the MBA opened for me, but I think I put too much emphasis on this MBA is going to make me better. Like I was already, I was already amazing. <laughs> so that yeah. was a surprise. I, as an educator, you are in a building from seven to seven. And so I was very jealous of all my friends in New York who were going to lunch across the street from the office or going to happy hour. I have way more free time. And there's so many more events that Microsoft puts on. We have so many perks and this is awesome. I really, this is what I really wanted to experience was like life outside of a building. And so I get to do that. I'm working a lot less than I was in education and something that I'm considering, I'm not going to say pursuing politics in that way, but it, it is disheartening to me that I did all of that work, made way less than I'm making now, 
and I'm just not having the same impact. I think I am going to, in the future, maybe use my MBA to try to bridge that gap. Like educators need a lot more support. So in addition to working at Microsoft, you are also stepping into a role where you're starting to do a little bit more public speaking. Can you talk a little bit about how this came to life and how you decided to, in addition to having a busy day job, you are also furthering your personal brand as well as your professional opportunities by stepping into more of a public speaking and keynote speaking kind of role? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been public speaking since I was 17. I've been tapped to speak at just, oh, can you speak at my son's football banquet? Can you speak at this high school graduation? I've been asked to speak for so long, and it just feels very natural for me to do. I love telling stories. The Moth is another favorite podcast of mine. I love storytelling, and I love reading so much because I feel like I get so many life perspectives from it, and it helps me challenge myself. It helps me propel myself in my own life. And so I want to do the same for other people. And I've been tapped at work, just at Microsoft, so many for just so many different things. I'm on a panel next week for a brunch for Black women at Microsoft to talk about mental health. I'm an open book. I'm very candid. And I think it's refreshing for people to see, especially because I've come from so many different backgrounds. I've, I've changed the course of my life so many different times because I take risks. I think we hear a lot of things we're supposed to do, take risks, meet new people, try new things. We, we are told these things, but until you actually do it, it just, it doesn't hit the same. So I've done those things and I want to talk about them and I want to encourage other people to do those things. And when I do my public speaking, uh, I have three groups that I like to talk to. Women who are pivoting in their careers. I like to talk to educators and growth mindset and the importance of that, because that is a huge asset to you as an educator. If you can have a growth mindset in the classroom. And the last group are students, not necessarily student athletes, but definitely students who are looking to grow in any kind of way. I want to encourage them to get into team of things. It doesn't have to be sports. The things that I learned from being on a team have been invaluable. And I see how they separate me from my coworkers. I see how it separates me from my peers. And so it's an amazing and valuable experience. That's such a really thoughtful and inspiring story and so great to be able to pull out so many aspects of your life and your experiences and your skills into opportunities for yourself. I am curious, particularly now that you have gotten an MBA, you've had a chance to reflect on what that means to you. You've got this new career or this career in tech. You're also doing, you're really formalizing and expanding upon your public speaking. What does success in your career mean to you right now? How do you think about that? Or how you how do you define that, particularly given all of the things that you are involved in? Yeah, success. I think I'm I think I'm being successful if I'm doing the things that I want, I am challenging myself and it's all balanced. I think that balance is really important. I did not have balance when I was in New York. And it's part of the reason I left. And I was like, I don't know if I can find balance in New York. So I have a love-hate relationship with that city, but I did not, I don't think I was taking care of myself in the right ways. And so I think now that I'm at Microsoft and they really encourage work-life balance, 
I am able to do other things and take care of myself. And so to me, that is success, right? It's not a number. It's not a, it's not a dollar amount. I think it's just about finding balance and actually being happy myself. I like that a lot. Brett Hunter, a MBA graduate from the Owen School of Management, as well as a keynote speaker and who currently works at Microsoft. Thank you so much for joining the MBA Insider Podcast. If people want to learn more about you or your work, where can they find you? Please find me on LinkedIn. Britt Hunter is what you will see it under. Send a request. I accept all requests that come in. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you and meeting new people. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.